بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم الله صلاة وسلاما دائمين بدوام ملك الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي الحمد لله uh, This is session number three uh, of our weekend retreat looking at Imam Al-Ghazali's book number 36 of the Ihya Ulum al-Din Kitab al-Mahabba wal-Shawq wal-Uns wal-Ridha The book of love, longing, intimacy and contentment which we kind of just uh, shortened to love and contentment, which are the two main virtues we're going to focus on in this retreat, So in the first session yesterday, we looked at the merit of love. And we looked at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an uh, describes those that He loves and who love Him. And He also says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ and those who believe have an even more intense love for Allah. So Imam al-Ghazali kind of establishes the fact that this is a virtue that is central in the deen. And that the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the love of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is an obligation. And uh, that's mentioned in the Qur'an and it's mentioned in a hadith. And then he also, uh, uh, we covered some ahadith from the Prophet ﷺ that a person has complete faith when they love Allah and His Messenger more than everything else. Uh, so Imam al-Ghazali is introducing us to the importance and the merit of love. And in the beginning at the introduction, Imam al-Ghazali has a beautiful sentence, a beautiful statement that really uh, Shaykh Yahya covered yesterday and said, inshallah, we should all hang this up in our homes. This is something that we should remind ourselves of every single day. Why is it that we do what we do? Why do we get up for Salatul Fajr? Why do we recite the Quran? Why do we engage in dhikr? Why do we give a portion of our money in zakat? And so on and so forth. It all comes back to this. And I'll just uh, repeat what Imam al-Ghazali said so we can make it uh, firm in our hearts. Love of Allah is the ultimate goal of spiritual stations. So everything we've been talking about, and Imam al-Ghazali is going to describe this further, everything we talk about of patience, of gratitude, of detachment from the dunya, all of that, Imam al-Ghazali says, it is the ultimate goal of all the spiritual stations. It's to attain love. And the highest pinnacle of spiritual degrees. There is no spiritual station after the attainment of love, such as longing, shawq, intimacy, uns, and contentment, rida, and the like of them, except that it is one of its fruits and corresponding effects. So essentially what Imam al-Ghazali is saying, that everything that we do in our deen is propelling us towards the attainment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. 
love of Allah and love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything that uh, leads to that is a precursor to love. Everything that comes after the attainment of mahabba is a fruit of mahabba. Of longing, of intimacy, uns. And Shaykh Yahya is going to explain what those terms mean. That they are stations in and of themselves, but they're all related back to love. Of contentment, of being pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and so on and so forth. So they are fruits of love. And everything that leads up to love, such as repentance, patience, detachment, or others, they are precursors to love. So everything comes back to this. Our entire deen. And if we have a deen that is out of touch with this reality, then it's going to be very empty. Like Shaykh Yahya, he also mentioned, I believe it was a quote of Shaykh Abdul Qadir Isa of saying that ibadah, worship without love, is like a body without a soul. It's dead. Worship without love is like a body without a soul. If we have our salah, we're going through our salah, and there's no love. And there's someone who prays two rakahs, maybe sit, sitting right next to us or standing right next to us. They might pray two very brief rakahs, but it's out of love and yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That salah is alive. And the other person says, oh, I gotta pray. Allahu Akbar, to-do list. Uh, all these things that are bothering me. Assalamu alaikum What was that? That's not what it's about. It's not just getting it out of the way. And every single thing is an opportunity. There, it might be that one act. It might be that one act that, that is the, the thing that tips the scales and grants you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. Like the woman who had a past, she made a lot of mistakes. But then she gave a thirsty dog some water. Boom, the door opened. That was it. So we all have to look at these acts of worship as opportunities. Ya Allah, I ask you for your love and the love of those who love you and the love of everything that brings me closer to your love. And make your love and the love of your messenger more beloved to us than everything else. That's the dua that we should say. So this is just once again resetting that framework for us so we understand everything that we're talking about. And then Imam al-Ghazali also says a very important thing where he says that people equate obedience with love. Love is obedience. Love is obedience. Imam al-Ghazali says that's not the case. They're related. They're uh, intertwined. But they're not the same. And Imam al-Ghazali says that love precedes obedience. That when you have love, then obedience is a natural result of love. But obedience doesn't precede love. And walillah al-mathal al-a'la, to Allah belongs the highest similitude, but the ulama, they say, it's like someone who has a, a, a boss and they do their work just so that they don't get in trouble. They don't love their boss. They might hate their boss. But it's just, I don't want to get in trouble, I'm just going to do what I need to do so I can avoid any problems. And then you have another person who has a wonderful boss and they have a beautiful relationship. 
They say, you know what? I'm gonna do what I know my boss wants me to do before he even asks me. I'm going to do that and I'm gonna go above and beyond and to pleasantly surprise them. Why? Because there's a relationship of love. You can take that and apply it to our deen and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we looked at some of the statements of the people who love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the statements that I skipped over, that uh, Shaykh Ahi said, no, you got to say this statement, and you'll understand why shortly. So there was a man who, uh, Abdul Wahid ibn Zayd, he passed by a man and he was sleeping in ice, sleeping like in the snow. He's just comfortable and relaxed. And then he said to him, don't you feel cold? And he said, whoever is busied with the love of Allah doesn't feel cold. So, alhamdulillah, we're going to you know, the beginning of the weekend and the end of the weekend, it's going to be a different experience for us, inshallah ta'ala. So I skipped it because I was like, I don't know if people appreciate it. But I think we, we do appreciate it, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Alhamdulillah. And then in Sheikh Yahya's session, he talked about the reasons that cause love, the causes of love. And he focused primarily on benevolence and beauty, that the human being is inclined towards acts of goodness. That the hearts are predisposed to loving those who do goodness to them. And that there, Imam al-Ghazali, he lists five reasons, and you can almost put uh, two and two together for four, and the fifth, we'll talk about shortly, is relatively complicated, and we'll just say some brief words about that. <clears throat> so he says the five causes for love. He says, هو حب الإنسان وجود نفسه وكماله وبقائه. The first is that a person loves the that their existence continues and that they're safe and that they're able to survive, and that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created us that way, that it is natural within us. Not to want to just perish and be lost from existence. We want to take care of ourselves. We want uh, protection. We want safety. We want to benefit and so forth. So the first is a person's love of their own self and their own benefit and survival. Which when it is balanced, it's praiseworthy. When it's outside of the balance, then it becomes very selfish and egotistical. That's not what we're talking about. The second is, So when a human being loves their own permanence and survival, they love those who do them acts of goodness, that benefit them and help them in their life and help the uh, safety of their own existence. So it's loving oneself and then loving another for the good that they do you, in simple terms. Okay? The third is, And loving good qualities in other people, even if they're not good to you. 
And Imam al-Ghazali, as an example, he says, if you hear about a righteous and just king, and that he's good to his, the people that he governs, and his people are safe, and they're treated fairly, and so forth, you say, oh, mashallah, that's a good king. I admire someone like that. And then you hear of another king or another government that's very oppressive and harms their people and does all of these bad things, you would think ill of them and negatively of them, even if it's not happening to you. So the first is the love for yourself. The second, which is a further degree, is loving those who are good to you, which is related to the love that you have for yourself. The third is loving those who show goodness, even if that goodness does not relate to you directly. But that it is a good quality. It is an act of benevolence and goodness. And it shows an internal beauty. This is where there's kind of an overlap between benevolence and beauty. But it's not benevolence to you, it's benevolence to others. So you recognize the beauty in that and you love it for that reason. The fourth is Loving things that are beautiful in and of themselves. Loving things that are beautiful in and of themselves. It's not necessarily through an act of goodness, such as loving beautiful images or loving beautiful internal states. So loving the sunrise, loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, witnessing the beauty. We love nature. And it actually has an impact on us emotionally and spiritually and so forth. Loving those things. Because they have an intrinsic beauty in and of themselves. Loving courage. Loving honesty. And so forth. Even if we're not talking about someone in particular performing that act of goodness. And then the fifth, as Imam al-Ghazali mentions, is loving something for the subtle affinity that occurs between you and that person. And that's just al-arwah junudun mujannada. The souls are like marshaled battalions. And that just relates to sometimes you meet someone and, hey, I feel like I've known you for a long time. And then other times, doesn't mean you can be bad to them, but other times you meet someone and you just go, no, I say right, you say left. I say up, you say down. We're, uh, we're not on the same page at all. Water and oil. But you still have to treat that person fairly and give them their rights. But you just feel like we don't click. So that's that subtle affinity that also you might not even witness these other things in that person, but you feel this inclination towards them. Okay? So now what we're going to look at in this session, bi'amnillahi ta'ala, is we're going to look at how all five uh, of the reasons stated by Imam al-Ghazali of love, the causes of love, relate perfectly and absolutely and truly only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah alone truly deserves love on all five of those uh, uh, areas and causes that Imam al-Ghazali mentions. So, to, to show that Allah alone truly deserves love. 
And Imam al-Ghazali, he's very thorough and he has an amazing system into how he explains these things and really clarifies the deep meanings in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So he says, وَأَنَّ مَنْ أَحَبَّ غَيْرَ اللَّهِ لَا مِنْ حَيْثُ نِسْبَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فَذَلِكَ لِجَهْلِهِ وَقُصُورِهِ فِي مَعْرِفَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Whoever loves other than Allah for a reason other than that thing's connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that that thing is affiliated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nisbiyan right that uh, uh, then that is because or that is due to a person's ignorance and a shortcoming they have in knowing Allah in ma'rifah in gnosis of Allah the exalted what does that mean is that if we love something that is not connected to our love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is not part of our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or due to its connection back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then if you love that thing, it is due to an ignorance and a deficiency that you have in really understanding, having a deep knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His names and attributes, and the way that everything in existence points towards Him, Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if a person does not have that, then Imam al Ghazali explains how it all falls under the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Loving the Messenger وسلم, is praiseworthy. Why? Because it is the very essence of loving Allah, the exalted. It is the very essence of loving Allah, the exalted. Unfortunately, in today's world, people sometimes really understand things at a very shallow level. It doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how, uh, this is almost absurd to even say that the Prophet is the same as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absolutely not. But that we love the Prophet because he is the one chosen by Allah. He is the one who guides us to Allah. He is the one who taught us Tawheed. And he is the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed the greatest and most perfect love upon. And Allah tells us in the Quran. Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, verse number 80, whoever obeys the messenger has truly obeyed Allah. Because direct, the, 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 the nisbah is complete and, and uh, clear. The Prophet ﷺ, he is Rasulullah. He is Allah's messenger. So the connection is direct and clear. So loving the Messenger وسلم, is of the very essence of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is why the Prophet says that none of you truly believe until I, i.e. the Messenger, become more beloved to you than everything else. Malihi wa ahlihi and so forth. A person's wealth and family and children and everything else. And also loving scholars and righteous people. And this is actually one of the greatest signs of the health of a Muslim community. 
is how much they love the salihin and the ulama. That's a sign of a healthy Muslim community. That these realities of the deen, they're, they're, they exist within a community when they love the ulama and atqiyya. And another word that's often used is awliya. The, the select, the elect servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As mentioned in the Quran and Ahadith. أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ the awliya of Allah, this, the, the elect servants of Allah, they have no fear nor shall they grieve. And the Prophet ﷺ says in a hadith Qudsi that Allah says, مَنْ عَادَ لِي وَلِيًّا فَقَدْ آذَنْتُهُ بِالْحَرْبِ Whoever harms or shows enmity to a wali of mine, then I declare war against that person. نَسْأَلَ اللَّهَ May Allah give us adab. So the love... And once again, when we love and revere people, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that we're absolutely naive and anyone who dresses a certain way and says a few nice words of love and makes a lot of dhikr, it's, oh, they're big awliya. We have a husnadhan of people, but we're also, uh, we also do not trust people until they have proven their degree of trustworthiness. Or other people who are trustworthy have, validi- have validated their trustworthiness. But we still, as a, in a general sense, we love the salihin, we love the ulama, we love the people of Qur'an, we love the family of the Prophet wasallam, and so on and so forth. This is part of you know, a deen that is alive. So all of it is related. لِأَنَّ مَحْبُوبًا مَحْبُوبِ مَحْبُوبٌ Why? Because the beloved of the beloved is beloved. So uh, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu arda, he said, once I saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam eating from a dish, and I saw that he was going after the squash, that he intended, he ate the squash multiple times in the dish. And what does he say? So from that day on, I loved squash. Sayyidina Anna says, Rasulullah, like squash. Someone could say, yeah, you know, everyone's got their taste in food. No, no, no. This is my beloved, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah, you like squash? Me too. Immediately. Ah, it transfers from one heart into the next. Because the beloved's beloved is beloved. Hmm? Which is why we love all of those things that are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. وَرَسُولُ الْمَحْبُوبِ مَحْبُوبٌ And the messenger of the beloved is beloved. وَمُحِبَّ الْمَحْبُوبِ مَحْبُوبٌ And the one who loves my beloved is also beloved to me. You know, people nowadays, when, they're, when they have like a really niche hobby, they become like the best of friends with someone. You like stamps? You collect stamps? I collect stamps too. And it's like, oh, let's show each other. Oh, you got that stamp? Oh, that's rare. And people really get excited. You love the same thing I love? Hey, we're buddies. What if, that, what if that beloved is Allah? What if that beloved is Allah? You love Allah? Which is why we have to show respect to all of the mu'mineen. That's why we have to respect all of the believers. Because the lover of the beloved is beloved. And I, Allahu A'lam, on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, on the day of resurrection, it will be surprising whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selects and you see someone maybe in your community you thought was a regular person, just a nice auntie 
or a nice uncle or someone, you just simple person, you see them on Yom Al-Qiyamah, they might be the one interceding for you. They had something between them and Allah that you never knew about. He said, oh, this person, I love them in the dunya. And they were good to me. And I remember them. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, that there will be people in paradise. They will be sitting together. They said, remember when we used to sit like this in the world together? Where is so-and-so? They used to sit with us. That person will be in the fire. And they will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take that person out and to reunite them in paradise. There's beauties in all of these connections of the hearts. This is one of the most beautiful things that our deen has to offer the world. You know, we don't even have to talk about non-Muslims. How many of us experience the pain of this world that we're living in? That's devoid, that's cut off from nature that's cut off from the fitrah, that's cut off from even the natural fitri bonds of family, that we're just kind of cut off from everything. We're all just these islands in these vast oceans that are full of uh, 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 you know, cyclones and, and all that kind of stuff, and we just feel lost. And when you see the reality of this deen and the connections that happen due to love, it is the healing that we need, but it has to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Otherwise, it is a false merchandise. There's a lot of people now that are going to be selling that where? Oh, pseudo-spirituality and so forth. No, no, I want Allah and His Messenger. And you will see a sweetness in the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts between the hearts that nothing else in the world can compare to. That you might see another believer, whether you're in Mecca or Medina, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have this overflow of love just occur between the two of you, just out of the barakah of being close to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Or due to a nur that you see in that person's face. It, this deen is beautiful. Why are we selling ourselves short? But we have to see everything in its proper place. The love of Allah the love of his messenger, the love of the Prophet's family, the love of the Sahaba, ajma'een, the love of the believers, the love of the ulama, the love of the awliya. Yani our deen is, they're, 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 yani there's so much goodness in our deen that we should love. And then when we do that, the light comes back to our hearts. And the iman intensifies in our hearts. Which is why love is so central. All of that different kind of love that is seemingly different, it all comes back to the foundation, which is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It does not sway from that into anything else. It is purely from the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا مَحْبُوبَ بِالْحَقِيقَةِ عِنْدَ ذَوِي الْبَصَائِرِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ تَعَالَى So for the people of insight, there is no beloved in reality except Allah, the exalted. وَلَا مُسْتَحِقَّ لِلْمَحَبَّةِ سِوَاهِ And that there is nothing deserving of love other than Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So he says, وَإِضَاحُهُ بِأَنْ نَرْجَعْ إِلَى الْأَسْبَابِ الْخَمْسَةِ and just to clarify that, and to show you that, and to prove it, 
we'll go back to those five causes that we talked about in the previous session that we covered that Sheikh Yahya mentioned. We'll go over them again. And we'll clarify and show how all of them are combined in what Allah is deserving of completely. And only one or two of the causes can be found in other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in reality, even that, it's from Allah Jalla Jalalu, as He is going to show us here. So the five, just to, to, be, to remind ourselves, is the love a person has for their own self and their own survival and existence. The love that a person has for anyone who shows them goodness. The love that a person has for a beautiful quality that exists in another person or a beautiful act <clears throat> that is performed by another person, such as a generous king. In a distant land, you say, MashaAllah, I love that about that king, even though I've never met him and his generosity has never reached me. The fourth is loving everything that is beautiful in and of itself. Everything that possesses beauty is beloved outwardly and inwardly. And then the fifth is the subtle affinity of the soul towards the beloved. So then Imam al-Ghazali says, now we're going to relate this and prove how Allah alone is truly deserving of love. It's the love, the first cause of love is a person's love for him or herself and their permanence and survival and safety. Okay? So then Imam al-Ghazali says, Whoever knows their own self knows their Lord. What does that mean? A person knows uh, without a doubt that they did not bring their own self into existence. I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't choose who I was, what family I was born into, what I look like, what century I was born in, what socioeconomic class. We have no choice in that whatsoever. So, who is the one who willed that? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّمَا وُجُودُ ذَاتِهِ وَدَوَامُ وُجُودِهِ So the existence from non-existence and the imdad uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to sustain you. It's from Allah وَبِلَّهِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ It is from Allah and by Allah and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is from Allah, by Allah, and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is the one who brought you out of non-existence. And then when you came into the world, when I came into the world, each and every last one of us, we couldn't take care of ourselves. We had no plan. We had no, no, nothing that we could do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subjugated all of these various things so that we could survive and we could be nourished. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created our parents' love for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them with provisions so that they could clothe us and feed us and sustain us and educate us and so on and so forth. And even in this very moment, if a person really thinks about it, you know deep down inside, I can't take care of myself. I can't take care. 
anything at any moment could go awry. <clears throat> and that's one of the reasons why people are in such a deep state of anxiety. Because they realize that, but then they don't realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the whole way, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, who's been taking care of you? You haven't become destroyed. Things have not uh, gone so terribly in your life. This entire time, who was it that sustained you and protected you and took care of you? Allah. And then you realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking care of me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His perfect knowledge and generosity and mercy and benevolence towards me, He takes care of me better than I could ever take care of myself, even if I could choose what's good, what I want and choose what the decree is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, will is better than that. And what Allah chooses for me is better than that. So, Allah is enough for us. And he is the best caretaker. And then you just relax. <laughs> People say, no, that sounds too easy. It's not, nobody said it's supposed to be hard. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking care of you. <clears throat> so you see that when you look in, uh, uh, at your own self. وَبِالْجُمْلَةِ فَلَيْسَ فِي الْوُجُودِ شَيْءٌ لَهُ بِنَفْسِهِ قِوَامٌ إِلَّا الْقَيُّومِ That there is nothing in existence that sustains itself and that is self-subsistent except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-hayyul qayyum the living, the self-subsistent subhanahu wa ta'ala alladhi huwa qa'imun bidhatih who through his own essence is self-subsistent and this is why we say lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufuan ahad in surah al-ikhlas it shows us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everything in creation is in need of him and he has no need of anything in creation. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is contingent upon him and he subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hayy al-qayyum. Everything in existence exists by him. He brought it into existence and he continues to sustain it. فَإِنْ أَحَبَّ الْعَارِفُ ذَاتَهُ وَوُجُودُ ذَاتِهِ مُسْتَفَادٌ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ فَبِالضَّرُورَةِ يُحِبُّ الْمُفِيدَ لِوُجُودِهِ وَالْمُدِيمَ لَهُ إِنْ عَرَفَهُ خَالِقًا مُوجِدًا وَمُخْتَرِعًا مُبْقِيًا قَيُّمًا بِنَفْسِهِ So then Imam al-Ghazali says, okay, when you realize that, you love your own existence. You love your own survival and salvation. And then you realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brought you into existence. He's the one who takes care of you in every moment. He is the one even outwardly in the world, everything is subjugated for you to continue on and to benefit and so forth. So when you love your own self and you realize in the definition that we've talked about and you realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one taking care of you, then you love Allah. From that door of love, from that cause of love, you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He alone is deserving of that. Not even your own self. You can't even allow your own self to continue to exist. He is the one who sustains you. Jalla Jalalu. So when you love yourself and you realize, Ya Allah, you are the one who all benefit that comes my way, it is from you. You are the one that when I go through difficulty, you are the one who safeguards me and, Allah, and releases me from it. 
and in every single moment. Who, how is your blood flowing through your body? How do you have all of these organs that if you saw them outside of the human body, they would almost be kind of repulsive? Yet they work perfectly. You have eyes that are made of uh, fat, essentially. I don't know much about biology. I say that every time we talk about this. But you see everything in existence. You see these different colors. You're able to perceive. Your, your eyes are able to take it in. You're able to understand and make sense of things. You're able to hear language, with, which is just a bunch of sounds. And meaning takes root in your heart. Who is the one who is allowing all of that to happen? Allah. Jalla Jalalu. So when you love yourself, in reality, you recognize that that is only uh, sustained through Allah Jalla Jalalu and by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah. And even the salihin, the righteous, when something happens and they go through a difficulty, they still witness that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it increases their reverence and their majesty and their glorification of Allah. One of the salihin, he had a stroke. And they came to visit him. I heard this story from Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. And half of his body no longer functioned. Imagine. May Allah give us well-being and protection. You don't want difficulties. You're not supposed to want difficulties. But just imagine. That's like, oh, yeah, Allah. Right now, it's so easy. I don't even, it's not even really like a deep thought. You can make your fingers move. You can do all kinds of things. But then all of a sudden, that side is switched off. And all of the mental energy you have is not going to move it one inch. So then, <clears throat> when they visited this righteous sheikh, he said, Subhanallah. Like he's pointing to the half of his body that doesn't work. Quote unquote. Subhanallah. Look, look what Allah did. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had something that was working in a particular fashion and a particular level within my body, it no longer works. And it wouldn't be far-fetched at all that he even has gratitude in that moment. That it's only half and not entirely. And that even that half that can't be moved, the blood still flows. The food on that side of the stomach still digests. And so on and so forth. So that's the first reason for love. Okay? Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Naam. And that's why uh, uh, that they say, Man arafa rabbah ahabbah. Whoever knows their Lord, they love their Lord. They love Allah. There are so many blessings to be seen and witnessed. And we need time to reflect. This morning, when we were doing the reflection session, I don't know about the people who were there, but it felt like a really long time that we were reflecting. And in my mind, I said, I don't know if I can reflect that much. I <laughs> think I got my thought, that's it. But I think one of the reasons that Shaykh Yahya, for multiple reasons potentially, but so that we just get used to silence. What's wrong with that? Just closing your eyes and thinking. A lot of khair comes from that. وَمَنْ عَرَفَ الدُّنْيَا زَهِدَ فِيهَا And that Al-Hasan Al-Basri said, whoever knows their Lord loves him. And whoever knows the dunya detaches from it. What is, I, I, I figured out what you really are. I saw behind the, 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 the illusion. I don't want that. I want my Lord's love, which is everlasting. فَإِذَنْ 
It is necessary that a person loves their own self. So then loving the one who brought him into existence and allows him to continue to exist inwardly and outwardly is uh, necessary as well. Now, but if a person, so listen, says, And whoever is devoid of this love, it's because they've busied themselves with their own nafs and their own desires. And then that person becomes too overwhelmed with those desires and their own nafs to, to witness their Lord and Creator. So then that person doesn't know Allah as He deserves to be known. So then that person, all that they can see, their degree of experience, is just what's in front of them and the five senses. Their sixth sense that Shaykh Yahya was talking about, they're not even worried about that. And this is the world of seeing things, which is the degree of existence that even the animals experience. Animals, they eat, they sleep. Doesn't mean you can't eat and sleep. But is that it? Eat, sleep, wear some nice clothes, whatever. Hey, life is good. That's not what you were created for. Allah gave you something greater, greater, greater. And you need those things to exist and to continue on. And even that's a blessing from Him. But so that the eye of your heart can open up. And you can see reality as it is. وَالْإِتِّسَاعُ فِيهِ دُونَ عَلْمِ الْمَلَكُوتَ الَّذِي لَا يَطَأُ أَرْضَهُ إِلَّا مَنْ يَقْرُبُ إِلَى شِبْهٍ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And then he says, but then a person starts to have an exposure to the heavenly realm when they start to resemble the angels. And this is everything that we're talking about. <coughs> so then that's all the first reason. The second reason or cause of love, And this is loving the one who does you goodness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave you your wealth. He uh, was gentle to you and He spoke to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Qur'an is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah addressed you directly. If we really realize that, it would overwhelm us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dhul jalali wal ikram, the possessor of majesty and nobility, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and generosity, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, us, the human being who was created from dust, created from earth, this lowly being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed us. And they say the reason that we love beautiful voices, the reason that when we hear, for example, Sidi Nadir, you know, immediately he starts singing about these sublime meanings, you're, you're almost transported to another place. Just close your eyes, ah. And then something in your heart, a yearning is stirred. The, they say the reason we experience that is because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought forth all of the souls of the children of Adam and He said to them, Alastu bi Rabbikum. 
he addressed human beings and said, Am I not your Lord? They say from the sweetness of the divine address, it was imprinted within our souls to love beautiful sounds that remind us of that moment with obviously a great difference. But it reminds us, it makes our souls yearn for the homeland where we originated. And then Allah supported you with all of the things that you need to survive. And He aided you and assisted you. And Allah overcame your enemies. That, you know, we all have varying degrees of people who are challenging in our life. They haven't destroyed you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who allowed you to overcome that. Naam. So then a person who has all of these things, they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you get that from Allah, then naturally, when you love those who do you goodness, you realize that every single goodness that you have, every benefit, every blessing, everything that you have is from Allah. So if someone is nice, you say, oh, mashallah, I feel my heart inclined towards them. That's a created being. And Imam al-Ghazali says, even that person who's nice to you, who is the one who made their heart inclined towards you and want to be nice to you in the first place? Could have just as easily been like, ah, I don't like you. And actually that happens. Sometimes you have a good relationship with a person and then suddenly the relationship sours. Things go bad. Like, what happened? I don't know what, what did I do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who turns the hearts. I mean, there might be a reason, but in reality, at the deepest level, Allah is the one who makes someone's heart inclined towards you. So Imam al-Ghazali says, I cannot enumerate all of the blessings that Allah has given His servants. And as Allah says in the Qur'an, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you try to enumerate one blessing, نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ Not نِعَمُ اللَّهِ Not the blessings of Allah. If you try to enumerate the blessing of Allah, you will not be able to encompass it. You will not be able to give it its due. So, and he says, go back and look at the book of gratitude and you'll see an example where Imam al-Ghazali goes into great detail about one blessing and how it overwhelms you just to think about that. So all of the blessings that everyone in creation receive is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then let's say someone is good to you, Imam al-Ghazali says, let's say someone gives you all of their wealth and someone just surprisingly takes care of you and then you love that person, you say, wow, you're so generous. I really appreciate it. No one's ever been that kind to me. I'll never forget this. Remember that Allah is the one who opened their heart to you. So behind all of that, Imam al-Ghazali, he says, it's like assuming that the sun is what gives you heat. It's like assuming that the wind is what blows itself. No, behind all of that, there is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is subjugating all of those things and creating all of those things. Jalla jalalu. And then Imam al-Ghazali says, even that person who's good to you, he no, no, but they're so good. Even if I want to love that quality in them, Imam al-Ghazali says, even that person, they do it for the love of their own self. Huh? Because they say, I want to be generous. 
I want to be kind to others. Why? Because that makes a person feel good. So even then, a person doing you goodness, there is some benefit that they're attaining even in the benefit that they bring you. So he says, So it is for the human being in reality, human beings are at the end of the day, good to themselves. It's true. They're good to themselves. It could be that someone says, I want reward from Allah in the hereafter. That's the goodness that I'm showing you because I want something from Allah. And that's praiseworthy. There's nothing wrong with that. We actually can't get away from that, Imam al-Ghazali says. Or someone wants something immediately in this life and says, you know, I want people to say I'm generous or good or I did you a favor or I want to be closer to you, whatever it may be. There's a benefit that someone is seeking. And then Imam al-Ghazali says, but in reality, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who is, shows benevolence that doesn't have a benefit that returns back to him because he is free of all need. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, فَالْإِحْسَانُ فِي الْجُودِ being benevolent and showing excellence in generosity. فَالْإِحْسَانُ فِي الْجُودِ وَالْجُودُ هُوَ بَذْلُ الْمَالِ مِنْ غَيْرِ عِبَضٍ وَحَظٍ يَرْجِعُ إِلَى الْبَاذِلِ And generosity, this form of jood, this goodness, it is giving something without anything in return that it comes back to the giver. And then he says, وَذَلِكَ مُحَالٌ مِنْ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And this is impossible except for Allah the Exalted. فَهُوَ الَّذِي أَنْعَمَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ إِحْسَانًا إِلَيْهِمْ He is the one who bestowed blessings upon everything in creation out of goodness towards them. وَلِأَجْلِهِمْ And for their benefit. لَا لِحَظٍ وَغَرَضٍ يَرْجِعُ إِلَيْهِ Not for a, a benefit or a reason that comes back to him. Not for a motive that comes back to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِنَّهُ يَتَعَالَى عَنِ الْأَغْرَاضِ He is above and exalted above any motives, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then someone would say, what about worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Some people think that that's the goodness that I'm showing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in that, your worship is good for you. Because through your worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not increased. You're not adding anything to Allah. But through your worship, you are on the path of tahabub. You are on the path of becoming beloved to Allah. And then when He bestows that gift upon you, who is the one who's benefiting? Who is the one who has been blessed? Who is the one who has been given something? It's the servant. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us so that we can benefit from Him, Jalla Jalalu, and not the other way around. Now, so Imam al-Ghazali says, so for the second reason, so for the second reason of loving a goodness that comes to you, you recognize in reality the only one, the one who brings you goodness, and the one who subjugates the hearts of others to be good, good to you is Allah. And the only one who is good for no other motive 
is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only one who shows benevolence with no other motive is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he is the only one truly deserving of love for this reason. So let's move on to the third. This is about uh, uh, another form of goodness. And this is loving the one who shows benevolence, even if that benevolence, that goodness doesn't reach you like a just king. Yeah. Allah is the one who blesses and shows goodness to everything in creation. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created mercy even between animals. That when you see the love a mother shows her baby, even among animals, Allah is the one who placed that there. And then you start to witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's generosity and mercy and wisdom in all of creation. And even the things that are challenging and hard to understand, you realize that on the day of resurrection, everything will be clear and you have tasneem. You, have, you submit because you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the possessor of all perfection, Jalla Jalalu. But how many things can we understand are within our scope of understanding of beautiful things that we see. And then we realize all of that goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَثَانِيًا بِتَكْمِيلِهِمْ بِالْعَضَاءِ وَالْأَسْبَابِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first of all, He gave us all creation. And we talked about that. Then, <coughs> then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us limbs that help us survive. So then in addition to creating us, He didn't just create us, and we're just stuck, and if it's cold outside, we can't move. If it's raining, we can't cover ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have created us like that. He could have made us like rocks, with consciousness and feelings just like we have now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then gave us limbs so that we can fulfill our needs. And in addition to that, He then gave us things that uh, make, uh, give us comfort on top of all of that. So there is existence, he gave us things that help us fulfill our needs. And on top of that, He gave us things that help us, in addition to fulfilling our needs, be comfortable. And then, He not only did that, He surrounded us with beautiful things. So for example, Allah created us with our head and arms and so forth, so that we could survive. And of the things that He gave us to, in order to survive that are outside of us, water and air and so forth, and then of the things that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us that we can find our need in existence is medicine and things that heal us and allow us to be sustained. And the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surrounded us with that are beautiful are the you know, green trees and the beautiful foods and the delicious fruits. Look at the multiple layers. This is why Imam al-Ghazali is a master. And it really is so hard to choose what to focus on in this book because there's so many beautiful things that really if we implement that into our our wird, our routine of reflection we see things at a different level فَإِذًا هُوَ الْمُحْسِنُ وَكَيْفَ يَكُونُ غَيْرُهُ مُحْسِنًا وَذَلِكَ الْمُحْسِنُ حَسَنَةٌ مَنْ حَسَنَاتِ قُدْرَتِهِ 
So then Imam al-Ghazali says, so in reality, Allah is the benevolent one. Allah is the one showing benevolence. He is the one showing goodness. And how could anyone else be showing goodness other than him when any other goodness you experience is from the goodness of his divine decree and will? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is the one who created beauty and goodness. He is the one who created, the one who shows you goodness. He is the one who created goodness itself as an experience. He is the one who created the means for goodness. So, so loving other than Allah for this cause, this cause that he talked about in the previous chapter, just giving us an idea of the various things that we love. So loving Allah, uh, other than Allah for this reason is once again ignorance. You're just seeing a very shallow degree of the full picture that behind all of this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ عَرَفَ ذَلِكَ لَمْ يُحِبَّ بِهَذِهِ الْعِلَّةِ إِلَّا اللَّهَ تَعَالَى And whoever knows that, this is why this word is important in this book, this word has many meanings, uh, uh, even technical meanings. But Imam al-Ghazali talks about the arif, in this case, the one who knows, the one who comprehends and perceives what Imam al-Ghazali is talking about here. So when a person arafa dhalika, he becomes arif of that thing. When a person knows this and realizes this, لَمْ يُحِبَّ بِهَذِهِ الْعِلَّةِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تَعَالَى They will not love. For this reason, they will not love anyone other than Allah. They will not love other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because everything that you see, ah, Ya Allah. You, you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Sayyidina Dawood, even if a grain of wheat reaches you, thank me for it because I have decreed it for you when I created it. This, you know, this seed that's put in the ground, the whole process, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the unseen decree, it's written that it's going to come to you. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, willed that for us, so we remember him even in that. So that's number three. Number four, وَأَمَّا السَّبَبُ الرَّابِعُ وَهُوَ حُبُّ كُلِّ جَمِيلٍ لِذَاتِ الْجَمَالِ And it is loving everything that possesses beauty. لَا لِحَظٍ يُنَالُ مِنْهُ وَرَاءَ إِدْرَاكِ الْجَمَالِ not because you benefit from that jamal. And just a real quick tangent, inshallah, it's not too tangential. But one of the things that was really profound, I saw a documentary on beauty. I wouldn't recommend it because there's a lot of modern art in the documentary that's really gross. But it was a documentary on beauty. And it was like a BBC documentary. It's very good. But one of the things that uh, was brought about the birth of what's called modern art which is really modern art at its origin is essentially trying to uh, insult traditional art. And different you know, civilizations have different kinds of art. But one of the things that was really profound is that in the modern world, after the Industrial Revolution, everything had to have a utilitarian purpose. What do I get out of this? This has to do something for me. And if it doesn't do something for me, then I don't care about it. It's not important. 
And that one of the quotes in the documentary, which was profound, is that beauty, essentially the meaning is, I, don't, I didn't memorize the quote, but that beauty doesn't do anything for you. And that's the whole purpose behind it, is it's not something that benefits you in a dunyawi sense, but it's something that is experienced by the soul. Which is why the fitrah and keeping it intact and healing it and coming together and praying together and doing adhkar and all of being even just a group of believers together, you feel this internal restoration. When you have that internal restoration, then things start to fall in place and you're able to see true beauty as it is and true ugliness as it is and avoid it. But that's one of the things that's really strange in today's world how the ugly is being celebrated and how beauty is actually being disrespected because it doesn't do you anything and Imam al-Ghazali says you love beauty not because you get a benefit from it just because it's beautiful so Imam al-Ghazali says we've shown that this is part of human nature وَأَنَّ الْجَمَالَ يَنْقَصِمُ إِلَى جَمَالَ الصُّورَ الظَّاهِرَةِ الْمُدْرِكَ بِعَيْنِ الرَّأْسِ That there is beauty that's witnessed by the eye, and then there's beauty that's witnessed by the heart, such as courage, and also the, the, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of perfection, of dissimilarity from His creation subhanahu wa ta'ala, those attributes are comprehended to a certain degree by the heart internally. The beauty of that is witnessed by the heart. So the first kind of beauty is experienced by all of creation. The second kind of beauty is experienced by the people who possess inner hearts that are alive. And that's people of ulul albab, the people who are de- have deep understanding and arbab al-qulub. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it does not blind, uh, it does not make the eyes go blind but it makes the hearts in the chests go blind. So everything that is beautiful is beloved to the one perceiving it. So what is perceived by the heart is beloved to the heart. And that is that relates back to witnessing the beauty and everything that is connected to Allah. We love the prophets and messengers. We haven't seen them. When we say that we love the prophet وسلم, or that we love Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq or that we love Sayyida Fatima al-Zahra radiyallahu anha or we love Imam al-Shafi'i or others, we don't, we, for most of them, we don't even know what they look like. And even if they were not uh, very impressive outwardly, physically, we would still love them for what we perceive with our heart of their, their beautiful qualities. We would love them. Now, so Imam al-Ghazali says the love that is perceived, the beauty that is perceived by the heart instills a love in the heart. So we perceive with the eye and we perceive with the heart. And the beauty that's perceived by the heart is even greater. And in the Prophet Muhammad you have both combined perfectly. Outward beauty so that it would be easy for people to to be guided. There's a, a wisdom behind that. But that's not the more important of the two. 
that people when they would see him they would be overwhelmed they would say it was as if the sun was running its course through his face that his teeth were bright and beautiful his eyes were dark his form and figure was perfectly balanced and proportion sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to indicate his internal reality which is far 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 more beautiful sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and everything about him is the utmost perfection of beauty that can be uh, witnessed in creation now so we love uh, those qualities and we love those qualities because they connect back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then Imam al-Ghazali talks about the three qualities that the people of Allah have that we love and how they relate back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, instead of going over those in detail, just for the, uh, to be conscious of the time, we'll go to the end of the chapter where Imam al-Ghazali essentially summarizes this love. So he says, He who is beautiful deserves to be loved. And yet, the absolutely beautiful, the absolutely beautiful is the one who has no equal. The unique who has no opposite. The eternal who has no rival. The self-sufficient who has no need, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The omnipotent who does what he will and judges as he wishes without anyone to oppose his rule or revise his judgment. The omniscient whose knowledge not a speck of dust in heaven and earth eludes, the vanquisher from the clutch of whose power the napes of tyrants cannot escape, and from whose rule and force the neck of Caesars cannot slip free, the eternal who has no first, has no beginning, without beginning, subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-awwalu, to his existence, the everlasting who has no end, the necessarily existent, whose mighty presence, non-existence cannot encircle, the self-subsistent who subsists in himself and, whom, and in whom every existing thing subsists, the Almighty of the heavens and the earth, creator of minerals, animals, and plants, the alone in glory and the mighty, the one in rule and reign, the possessor of goodness and majesty and splendor, beauty, power, and perfection, in the knowledge of whose majesty intellects stand baffled, and in whose description tongues can merely conjecture, whom the perfect knowledge of Gnostics, the Arifin, whom the perfect knowledge of Gnostics confesses its inability to know, and whom the utmost prophethood of prophets affirms its failure to describe. As the master of all prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam said, La uhsi thana'an alayka anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. I cannot encompass your praise. You are as you have already praised yourself. You are as you already praised yourself. That even the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, the greatest degrees of love, brings it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala witnessing and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the only one who knows his own absolute perfection. And then we'll just end with a couple quotes that are really beautiful which relate back to 
this beauty, recognizing this beauty and the fruits that it should bear in our heart. So this is beautiful. Learning about this is wonderful. It shows how this religion really makes sense of things. But the action item, the way that we want to to, to benefit from this is turning it into obedience. Is turning it into, Ya Allah, you have... You have treated me with such great benevolence. You are the possessor of absolute beauty and perfection. I want to serve you. I want to worship you. I want to love you. I want to witness all of these realities to the the utmost of my ability with your support and your inaya and ri'aya. So then Imam al-Ghazali quotes a few statements. He says, This is important. Recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beauty is an even stronger means for love than recognizing benevolence. Why? Because experiencing benevolence might increase and decrease. One day everything's going great, one day you're going through a difficulty, the, the manifestation in your life has changed. So if your love of Allah is based on the things that you like from Him, when those disappear, does your love change? It's subject to, it's likely to, which is why you don't tie it only there. But you tie it to that Allah is deserving of love. And this is why Allah uh, revealed to, to Prophet David, O Dawood, the most beloved of all those beloved to me from those who worship me are those who worship me without uh, getting any blessing, without receiving any blessing for it. But they do so to give lordship its right. They worship to give Allah's lordship its right. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the fourth reason. And the fifth is for this inclination, this internal affinity and inclination. And all that really can be said there is that the ruh, which has this inclination with other human beings, this ruh is the place, it is the locus of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just as the heart is the locus of ma'rifah, knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is through our ruh that we experience the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the fifth cause and the fifth reason. And all of these uh, uh, prove and show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone truly deserves love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us his love. Allahumma nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba kulla amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik wa ja'al hubbaka wa hubba nabiyika ahabba ilayna mimma siwakuma fi khayrin wa lutfin wa afiyah ala hadhihi niya wa kulli niyatun saliha jami'a shamila bi khayrat al-dunya wal-akhira al-fatiha ila hadrat al-nabi.